Welcome to the Holistic Wealth Hustle Podcast, where you can get a lifetime upgrade to stop pursuing happiness and start letting joy pursue you. That's right. It's your turn to be pursued by pure joy. This is your host, Pamela Ramos-Brown of Be Wealthy with Pamela, LLC, celebrating 20 years as an experienced management consultant and personal coach. Are you in the mid-sized business race, a woman entrepreneur, solopreneur, or a professional who believes you can always do better for yourself and others? We're there with you, so you won't have to go alone. In every episode of the Holistic Wealth Hustle, we help decode the secrets of all elements of true wealth, not just financial, but also inclusive of life, love, and work. We exchange practical strategies, share inspiring stories, and offer actionable insights to help unlock our authority for the joyful life beyond what we envision. Let's go together from tolerating the ordinary to enjoying the supernatural. This is a Be Wealthy with Pamela continuation of our top 20 lessons in 20 years brought to you by our Holistic Wealth School. Today's lesson is on how to prepare for being the best. There are several famous top ladies that have proposed what we strive to be our best. Michelle Obama, for instance, with her Let's Move campaign that she started while she was in the White House. Melania Trump, with her Be Best campaign that she also started when she was in the White House. And then there's also one of our all-time favorites, Oprah Winfrey. She didn't start while she was in the White House, but she is teaching us all to live your best life. So this is what we're going to learn today. And as I sit with my award ribbon saying, best table topics, I think of my own preparation for being the best. The ribbon I won was a result of a friend and a church member who invited me to Toastmasters. I thought I was just going as an observer, but was invited to participate in the table topics activity. According to the Toastmasters International website, it says taking on this role improves confidence and impromptu speaking skills. It says table topics is a long-standing Toastmasters tradition intended to help members develop their ability to organize their thoughts quickly and respond to an impromptu question or topic. It says table topics typically begin after the prepared speech presentations and that the Toastmaster would introduce the topic master who will give a brief description of table topics and then call on respondents at random. And certainly it was at random because I had no idea <laughs> that I would be doing that on that day. And said, your response should express your thoughts clearly and succinctly, lasting one or two minutes. It's, and so my table topics question had to do with how do today's presenters, the ones that I had just completed presenting that day, improve their speaking skills? And it was supposed to be based on what I had just observed. So I won because according to them, I was the first to, quote unquote, tell them the truth. 
And so I wasn't terribly surprised that they they recognized it as the truth because as a management consultant, I had a good bit of experience letting people know honestly where they stand and what are their areas for improvement. That's what I get paid for. So why wouldn't I let them know what they needed versus what was easy for them to hear? But they said that that was, you know, one of the first times that they were able to get someone to actually help them with that. The Toastmasters group said they had been needing this for years. They said I made it look easy because we know the truth is not always easy. Some or many cannot handle the truth. Like the famous line by Jack Nicholson in the movie, A Few Good Men with Tom Cruise and Demi Moore, when he said, you can't handle the truth. (laughs) But in this case, they actually appreciated the truth, embraced it and used it for good. So I won the Table Topics ribbon and they received some helpful information to help prepare them for being the best. From various experiences in life, love, and work, I learned these top three things about being the best. One is the best way to be blessed. I've learned that the best way to be blessed is to be a blessing first. I've learned that praises go up and blessings come down. And there's a wonderful song on YouTube, actually, that says that as well. If you get a chance, check it out. And the reason why I said it quite like that is because order does matter. The order in which we do things and the order in which things happen does matter. For instance, I'll tell you an example of praise is going up first and blessing coming down. I had a friend in the TV and entertainment industry, and this person kept getting denied or getting less than desired results from auditioning for roles. And people kept saying, oh, well, I guess it wasn't for you or it wasn't your time. And this person wondered why God wasn't answering their prayers. This person prayed and did not get the results that they were hoping for. And so a lot of times they were, you know, kind of complaining and, you know, um, sad about the results that they got. The person decided to uh, share their praises and not just prayers. So this in this particular case, you have to not just pray, but you have to praise. So praises go up first, blessings come down. And this is not hocus pocus, but it's gratitude for gratitude. You show your gratitude, you might get some gratitude back. And so this person pulled out and dusted off numerous Joel Osteen CDs and also filled up their ears with some good gospel soul music and shouted out praises, lifted hands up, bowed knees and blessed the Lord. And God showed appreciation, gratitude for gratitude. God showed appreciation, mercy and grace. And next thing you know, this person was awarded a solid role with a few recurring appearances on a major TV series with super super famous TV stars that I bet most of us know. And this is a show that reached up to 9 million viewers. So that tells you this was a, you know, very significant show. And it ran for years. It was a wonderful show. It had a whole lot of us just hooked, (laughs) hooked, I tell you, on the TV. But again, won't he do it? even when we cannot do it ourselves. So again, the best way to be blessed is what? Be a blessing first. Praises go up and blessings come down. The second lesson that I learned is 
the best way to learn. And the best way to learn something is teach what you are learning. And so that's what I want to do today because I am a student of uh, holistic health as well as holistic wealth. So holistic health is part of my overall program when I talk about wealth, what wealth is. It's the mind, the body, the soul, your emotions, and our outer world. So the best way to learn something is to teach. And I have learned this, and this has been confirmed because I um, worked as a college instructor and I did learn just as much as I taught. I taught accounting, finance, economics, auditing, and things like that. And uh, each time I taught, I learned. And so um, over the years of taking care of my mom for over nine years, I learned um, some things about you know, taking care of yourself and being healthy and uh, restoring your health. And so, and it, it was very necessary for me to learn because I was helping to take care of my mom. So I had to do everything that I could to give her the best care. And so one of the things I learned is to get off your butt and heal your gut is what I learned. And um, I learned from a cadre of doctors such as Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, Dr. Gundry, Dr. Axe, Dr. Nancy Appleton, Dr. CB, Dr. Leon Richardson, and Dr. Nicole Cross. So, so many people that I learned from and continue to learn from. And so what you don't eat and drink is more important than what you do eat and drink. That was a very, very important lesson that I learned because we all, you know, try to find out, well, what am I supposed to be eating? But really, the real answer is what you don't eat, what you don't drink. That's more important than what you do eat and drink because you can only undo so much damage. So if you avoid doing the damage in the first place, then you won't have to go in and add two to three times as much to try to undo the damage. So that's very important. So please remember that what you don't eat and drink is the most important thing. So that is what you need to learn about. And I learned that being an herbivore beats being a carnivore. <laughs> and so this goes back to the motherland where we know our ancestors ate plants instead of meat. And eventually, you know, of course, man did, you know, develop into eating meat like the uh, rest of the animals. But uh, one of the things that it has been proven is that, you know, a lot of uh, people who don't eat meat or eat very little meat are more healthy than those that do. And so the other thing that's so very important that all of us absolutely need to believe and let it sink into our hearts and our minds and really just believe it because a lot of us absolutely do not believe this. We may say it, but a lot of times we don't believe it, but this is one of the things that's so important. So listen up. It's the third thing that I learned uh, as a part of you know, taking care of yourself and, and just anything in life is when you fall off the wagon, then you just get back up, get back on and get going. It's just that simple. So I know it's easier said than done, but we can all do it. And so one of the things I learned too about this taking care of yourself is that you can get text messages to your brain. Yep. Text messages are not just for cell phones these days. And so this is how your gut notifies your brain that you are full and you can stop eating because that's one of the things that we all have a 
challenged with is, you know, knowing that we really are full and we can just go ahead and stop eating because that seems to be something that a lot of us just struggle with doing. And so if we get full and know that we are full, we stop eating, then we can start enjoying our time and attention on doing other nice things. So you can strategically manage hunger. And as a management consultant, that's what I teach people is strategic management. So you can strategically manage hunger, just like we can strategic manage business and other things in life. And so one of my uh, doctors that I mentioned earlier, Dr. Gundry, he has um, shown that this is a scientifically proven theory and method. And he tells us how this happens. And he talks about prebiotics. These are fibers that feed our gut probiotics. So we all know about probiotics like in yogurt and, and different things like that. And you can also take them in pill form and things like that. But probiotics actually are something that's natural in our bodies anyway. And so they need to eat in order to be able to do their job. Jobs. So when these, uh, when we eat prebiotics, which are fibers, then we feed our probiotics, which get a chance to be strengthened and they can do their jobs. And then when these two get together, the prebiotics and the probiotics, then they come up with something called postbiotics. So now we got the pre, the pro, and the post. <laughs> And so think of postbiotics as posts. We all know what posts are to social media. So think of postbiotics as posts to your brain, as text messages saying that you are full. And that's pretty much kind of what the postbiotics do because they are the waste that is in your body that says, okay, time for me to, you know, get this stuff out of here. And so they are saying, hey, we're full. We don't need you to put anything else. We got to get move out the stuff that's already in here before you put anything in. So we're full. Don't put anything else in. But, you know, of course, some of us don't listen. And some, some of the times the reason why we don't really get those messages is because we're not feeding those probiotics enough to get those posts and those text messages to get our attention so that we'll know uh, what to do and when to stop. And so you're probably saying, well, what are some uh, prebiotics that we need to eat? There are actually quite a few that we probably eat all of the time and don't know, but probably don't eat as much because in the typical American diet, we have generally our meats and we may have a teeny little bit of uh, veggies on our plate. For instance, we go get a hamburger. We have one slice of tomato. <laughs> and one little leaf of lettuce. <laughs> and so we think that we have eaten our veggies because we had that one slice of tomato and one little leaf of lettuce in a big hamburger between two pieces of bread. And that's not quite how it should be. We really should have this simple one, two, three kind of uh, plate method. Uh, this is uh, where we have a big plate full of one prebiotic vegetables. And then we also have our number two protein vegetables. And most of the time, the prebiotic and the protein vegetables are one and the same. That's where we can make a difference by filling up our plates with the right kinds of vegetables. And that's another thing that um, I've learned over the years that not all vegetables are good vegetables because some of these vegetables are kind of man-made. Some of them are ones that 
were not necessarily put here for us. They may have been put here for the other uh, species to eat, um, but they have characteristics that are not always the best uh, for us, for our uh, gut health. And so again, uh, number one, prebiotic vegetables, number two, protein vegetables, and number three, we want to get a side of resistant starch. And then after that, we can add in bonuses like snacks and extras like herbs and spices and things like that. So let's talk about some of these things. So the prebiotic vegetables, here are some examples. And again, remember some of these things even cross over into uh, protein vegetables, but particularly uh, for prebiotic vegetables, they uh, generally involve the dark, bitter, leafy greens, such as your arugula, bok choy, Swiss chard, red lettuce, and also uh, Brussels, broccoli, kale, okra is a great uh, prebiotic vegetable. Artichokes is another great one. You also can have uh, rutabagas, but there are a lot of, um, there are quite a few examples. Inulin is, an- is another one that, um, you know, you can um, add to your diet as well. And then we also have our plant-based proteins like hemp, flax, spirulina, and other protein-rich veggies that can be steamed. And I love to air fry them. Oh my goodness, air fried okra. I never thought that I would be someone saying that I'm an okra fan because of course, growing up in the South, you know, we ate our gumbo and we loved it, but you know, it was just a few little pieces of okra (laughs) floating around. And our gumbo, it wasn't like a big okra dish, but we had a few little pieces of okra in there. And then some people love the other little okra succotash thing. That's not completely my favorite, but I did like my okra in the gumbo. But other than that, mm-mm, wasn't eating in okra. But now that I have learned how to season this okra, air fry this okra where it's crunchy on the outside and tender on the inside, but not the slimy, as they say, okra. I mean, it is really good. You would be amazed. And I've seasoned it a multitude of ways from lemon pepper to everything bagel to Cajun to all kinds of things. But you can, with these um, veggies, uh, like the uh, okra, the artichokes, the Brussels, the broccoli, all of those things. You can air fry them, you can steam them, bake them, saute them, and use healthy oils like MCT and olive oil. MCT actually blocks calories and can help you to lose weight and be healthy. It actually blocks calories, gives you energy, helps you have lots of nutrients that you need. Olive oil is absolutely wonderful for your body in all kinds of ways. And um, But also some of the other um, veggies that you can add to it, mushrooms. Well, I love mushrooms when they're prepared right. And I was against mushrooms once upon a time too. I, I was like a lot of people, thought they were just uh, some rubber or somebody put on the plate. But if you know what you're doing, you can hook them up so good. Asparagus, spinach, carrots, fennel, And fennel was something I just learned about uh, these last couple of years as a vegetable. I always knew that it was like an herb or a seasoning, but the bulb of it is a very delicious vegetable. And again, of course, you know, I like to air fry mine or either uh, roasted cauliflower. You know, we're doing everything with cauliflower these days. 
parsley, cabbage, shallots, garlic. And of course, you know, a lot of people uh, falling in love with turmeric. And so that's something else that you can add. And there's a lot, several other sources. And then we'll get down to this, what we call resistant starch. And the reason why they call it resistant starch is because, believe it or not, you can eat a sweet potato and some of the starches do not digest. They go in there and then they come on out of your body and it does not mess up your sugar and things like that. So it is really wonderful. That's something that you can look into, the sweet potato as a resistant starch. And I tell you, again, air fried sweet potatoes, some of the most wonderful things that you can season them in a multitude of ways, just like I talked about the other vegetables. And um, some that you may not have heard of or you may have, and I've just you know, learned some of them over the last several years, but they're sorghum. Some people make kind of popcorn with it, but you can also, you know, boil it and make it like almost like a rice or something like that. And uh, so you got sweet potato sorghum, you got millet, um, another resistant starch, green tip bananas, green mangoes, green papayas. And the reason why they, uh, they're suggested to be green is because once they start ripening more, then what happens is the sugar starts to develop and they're not resistant anymore because the sugar, um, you know, when they are kind of ripe, then it does become a sugar versus resisting the sugar. And so raw carrots, again, you want to eat them raw because once they are cooked and, be, and uh, things like that, then the sugar develops in it. And so the sugar then goes and, you know, uh, is processed by your body versus just be it, it versus bypassing your body. And so also uh, cassava flour. They have tortillas uh, by made out of cassava flour by this brand called Siete. They're sold in Walmart, believe it or not. They also have coconut flour, um, you know, things that you can make with coconut flour and um, almond flour, which is blanched almond flour, is um, the best choice. And they also have tortillas um, in that as well and, and, and quite a few other things made with it. And so, of course, you know, we also love our snacks. We have to have our snacks, no matter how good we eat on the other end. Most of us have to have some kind of snack to help us out. <laughs> and of course, you know, one of mine is dark chocolate. Just love me some chocolate. That's, that's one of my middle and uh, second and third names is the chocolate. And I can put it on my walnuts, pistachios, hazelnuts, pecans, macadamias. And so all of these are bonus snacks that can help us to um, stay full and uh, give us uh, the nutrients that we need. They're wonderful uh, things that can uh, take the place of uh, chips and uh, sweets things that we normally eat. And so the crunch from them and the other nutrients that they provide can help us uh, to make sure that we don't, uh, you know, get full of all of that sugar, which then sends signals, the bad signals to our brain that say, hey, we want more and more and more and more. So if we eat these healthier snacks, then we can, you know, reduce our cravings and reduce the sugar that's doing damage to our bodies. And so some of the other accents and toppings, which include low sugar fruits and approved sweeteners include avocados. Believe it or not, avocado is definitely a fruit. It's not a veggie. But 
you know, it's not sweet. And so you can top it on just about everything. People put it out on meats, on veggies, on salads, on all kinds of things. And um, you can also have small amounts of berries. You can eat figs, coconuts, and lemon limes, and natural zero-calorie sugar like allulose. Allulose is one of the ones that um, a lot of us are just learning about. It's very natural. It has no calories, no uh, effect on your glycemic index, and um, it uh, is sweet, but not terribly sweet. And one good thing about um, it being not terribly sweet like the other ones is that um, even though the uh, other sugars are naturally, uh, you know, zero calories and um, uh, have a zero effect uh, too, also on your glycemic index a lot of times, a lot of them are very sweet. And so the problem with something being very sweet is that the tongue is the very first point that starts your, starts your digestive system. So regardless of whether or not it has a lot of calories, regardless of any other traits that it has, if it, if it has a sweetness that sends a signal to your brain that, hey, this is sweet, then that message saying, hey, I'm eating something sweet, triggers a reaction in your brain that says, okay, this I need for you to start you know, storing fat in the body. So we don't want those signals to do that. So allulose is a, a sweetener. It's a natural sugar, but it does have some benefits and some um, advantages over some of the other sugars um, that we use. And so go ahead and feed that gut. You know you want to. <laughs> so my number three lesson, how to be the best. The best way to grow into the best you is what I learned. The best way to grow into the best you is to be a child of God. Be a child of God forever. This is one case where it's okay to almost kind of sort of be the Peter Pan dilemma. So be a child of God forever. I'm not saying be a child and be childish forever, but be a child of God forever. And so we're going to look at some examples um, here. And so uh, one one person that um, I uh, saw in an interview one time kind of made me think of this to, to some extent. This is um, an example that can kind of sort of help you to understand what I'm talking about. And this was LL Cool J. A lot of people know that he's one of my, you know, favorite celebrities because he has, you know, just learned some lessons, not just because he's got those big old nice muscles and stuff like that, but that, you know, that does help. Up a lot, but I do like the way that he um, was smart enough to hire a no man. So he hires he hired somebody to slap his hand and say, "No, you can't have that. Mm-mm, don't do that." You know, whose job is to help keep him out of trouble? Because we know that a lot of celebrities they have mega talent and messed up their careers in a lot of cases because they allow themselves to get into trouble one way or the other. And so he was smart enough to do that, not just from a management perspective. You know, I just thought that was a, a very wise move. But one of the things he talked about is how when he goes home, you know, his grandmother does not see him as LL Cool J. She knows him as the child that he is, regardless of whether or not he's a big grown man, big 
muscles, big bank account or anything like that. She still knows him as the child that she helped to raise. And she would tell him, child, I need you to go and take that trash out for me. And he does not give her any back lip. He goes to take out the trash. <laughs> he is not a celebrity in her house. And he does not, you know, assign any of his men or any of his employees to go and take out his grandma's trash. He goes and takes it out just like he did when he was coming up. And so that's an example of how, you know, we, no matter how old we get, we are always God's child. All right. And so it says here, we all learn this little learn, uh, lesson that Jesus loves all the little children of the world. So he's not against the grown and sexy, but his heart is with those who are innocent or have childlike innocence. So we want to always, no matter how old we get, no matter how powerful, how rich, strong we get, we always want uh, God to know that we realize that we'll always be his child. And so what does this mean? It means, like my mom always said, one time is enough. I should only have to tell you one time for you to do what I say. If I have to tell you again, we might have a problem. Also, if I have to raise my voice, then you know there's going to be trouble. So when you hear those soft whispers from God and the messages he sends, and sometimes he sends them through our ancestors, you might want to listen and proceed accordingly, or in some cases, cease and desist accordingly, or else. Your actions do affect whether you receive repercussions, or rewards. So either way, be the child of God that you are. Make your father proud and he will say to you, well done, my child, well done. That's priceless. So my question, are you prepared or preparing you to be the best? Thank you for continuing to be a part of the Holistic Wealth Hustle podcast by Be Wealthy with Pamela LLC. Each episode is designed to please. Be sure to take swift action on what you have learned today and update your weekly wealth planner or your holistic plan workbook to receive your rewards of joyfulness. Feel free to leave your comments below or by contacting us at www.bewealthywithpamela.com. That's B-E, wealthy, with P-A-M-E-L-A. Com. Please subscribe, share, stay tuned, and let joy pursue you.